0: Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mintel, the Relationship Doctor, and I'm here along with my co-host, the other Dr. Mintel, my husband, Norm. And every week, we're here, we're doing life together, and as always, we're just really glad you've joined us.
1: Okay, big quiz question. Uh-oh. What does the number seven mean to you? Uh,
0: Like God's number?
1: Yeah, that too, but it was seven days ago that we did this, so <laughs> I'm just... <laughs>
0: That really was a trick question there. Yeah, I thought it was something spiritual I was supposed to know. (laughs)
1: Yeah, just
0: wondering. Hey,
1: a number of years ago, you wrote a book called Breaking Free from Stress. Remember that one? I do. Of course you do. do. (laughs) Well, today's show could help our listeners with stress. The stress, this is a different kind, that clutter brings into our lives. How does clutter impact our relationships, and what does it say about us, and how do we basically clean up our act? Let's start with the definition. Dr. Linda, what is clutter?
0: Well, I think most of us know it when we see it, but let's give it a definition. It's anything, items that are strewn around about in a space in a disorganized fashion. So in general norm, clutter is a collection of items that people accumulate in their homes or their workplaces or any space that they don't necessarily use, but they hold on to them anyway.
1: Okay, that probably describes all of us.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we all have stuff, don't we? Except
1: maybe our most OCD folks. Yeah. You We're know, right? <laughs> very
0: good at putting things away right. and putting
1: them in place. That's right. I read that Americans now have more stuff... Than any other society in history. For example, did you know that children in the U.S. only make up 3.1% of the total population of children in the world? But their parents buy them more than 40% of all the toys purchased globally.
0: It's funny, I was watching this show, I was in the dental chair, and they had this tiny house show on, oh, and they that,
1: were that makes me claustrophobic. Just well, watching I, it.
0: I think it's kind of actually kind of cool. But they had these family of four moving into this, oh. and the space was two hundred and seventy feet. Oh, and they were they had these two children who were four and six, and they had to, they had all their toys in a room like it was everywhere. And the and the poor guy who was trying to help them <laughs> said, "You've got to get this down to a couple of bins." And those kids were looking at him like, "What?" They had so much stuff. But you can't have it when you have a very small space like that. So, So cluttering
1: behavior starts early It starts early. There's a (laughs) lot of
0: toys that we get. And, you know, the rise of wholesalers and warehouse supermarkets, you know, they've packed our pantries, our refrigerator with bulk items, you know, that we often have to put in our second refrigerator. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're guilty of that, right? Sure. One-click shopping and same-day delivery have driven purchases to another level altogether.
1: Sunday, we sat together, and over the course of a few hours, I ordered three different things on Amazon. It
0: makes it so easy, doesn't it? You can just get them. And I know a lot of people, Norm, get really excited when those online orders show up, and they have things (laughs) delivered to their home. They get like an adrenaline rush. Well, you get a
1: picture in your email. (laughs) It's
0: here, it's here. It's here. It's kind of exciting, right?
1: (laughs) Today, the average U.S. household has... I don't know, 248 garments. And 29 pairs of shoes. I think that's a little short on the shoes for yeah, you. Yeah. If
0: you had, depends on how many people you'd have in that house, right? I might have 29 pairs you of
1: shoes. You alone. Yes. <laughs> and we purchase on average 64 pieces of clothing and seven pairs of shoes annually at a total cost of $1,141 a year. That's $16 an item. I don't know of an item that costs $16.
0: Yeah. Not too many things. It's not kind
1: shoes, of, not shoes, not clothing, not clothing, not,
0: yeah. Not groceries. That's a lot of stuff. Well, it's a lot to manage, and it's often in excess of what we need. I guess that's one of the things that America really struggles with, right? The problem is, though, with clutter is that it can make you anxious. Hmm. It can also affect your sleep and your ability to focus. It can make you less productive. It can trigger coping and avoidance strategies that make you more likely than to snack on junk and watch a lot of TV, including those shows that show you how to declutter. <laughs> There's a lot of those. And a cluttered home can just make you feel overwhelmed.
1: Okay, you've just described the perfect horror movie. It's taking over the world and it's coming for you. Clutter. Kill it now.
0: <laughs> it probably that probably won't sell as a as a movie idea,
1: but good luck. <laughs> Oh my gosh. But doesn't accumulating all this stuff or shopping release some sort of happy hormone in our brain?
0: It does. It actually does. To alleviate feelings of anxiety, many people do shop. And that has been shown to release that happy hormone dopamine in the brain, giving us this sort of temporary feeling of euphoria, which is why people get excited when they see things. It's a sensation, though, Norm, that we want to keep reliving, but a sensation then that can leave us to, you know, overconsume. And those anxious feelings can all come creeping back again once we get home and we have to deal with all the stuff that we've already bought.
1: How many times have we walked in the house and go, uh, where are we going to put it?
0: I know. That's, that's
1: the point, right? Yeah.
0: We're yeah. trying to do better with this, I will say.
1: I think so. We have a series of questions for you to get thinking about clutter, dear audience. Linda, what's the first?
0: Do you save your old college sports uniform to remind you of your glory days?
1: Oh, stop it. You just put that in there for me.
0: I saved it.
1: You saved I it. I
0: saved your soccer shirt. It actually fits me now instead of you. Oh, well,
1: it wouldn't <laughs> fit me, that's for sure. I was a skinny little soccer player.
0: Yeah, and you still hold the school record of the most goals in one game. Thank so you very much. I kept it it's one of your glory days how about this one norm do you have bins and bins of childhood stuff in your basement or your attic
1: well we had to triage a lot of that when we moved we did we We got
0: rid of so many books so many toys so many yeah it was a lot we did consult our kids and say do you want any of this stuff right
1: we kept facetiming this one or this one yeah right yeah do you have clothes you never wear but think you might well, we've got a rule about that.
0: We do? Yeah. That's our rule. If you
1: haven't worn it for two years, oh, bye-bye.
0: Yeah. And a lot of times people hold on to those things, though, because they think I might lose 10 pounds. I've paid a lot of money for this. I really want to keep it just in case. Uh, so I, I kind of understand that one. How about this? Do you have books that you never read, but you can't part with them?
1: Oh, I admit. I'm a book addict. I, I love books. We both do. I mean, come on. Don't listen to but we
0: donated a lot, a lot of books. Hundreds. We yeah, hundreds. We did. We did. Do you have a junk drawer of things you'll think you'll need, but you never use? I'm not sure about that one. I mean, we have a junk drawer, but we usually use what's in there. It's just hard to find it when you open it yeah, up.
1: Yeah, but you have a tendency to no, 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 we might use that.
0: Yeah, I know. I know. So I've heard always... those
1: words out of your mouth yeah, more than once. it's true. <laughs> Do you like access to certain spaces in your home? In other words, you can't open the door to your basement or even park in your own garage.
0: A lot of people have stuff in their garage. They can't get their car in. When we lived
1: in Virginia, there were no basements. Right. So garages were the typical easiest place to store stuff. And all the cars are out in the driveway.
0: Yeah. And and the issue is there that if you live in a really hot climate, you can't put stuff in the attic because it melts and it does bad things. So That's it's true. really kind of a dilemma for people. Right. Are you afraid to have house guests over because of the messy state of your home? Yes, I've heard that. Really? I've heard that from a lot of people. Yes. They, they just can't clean up their house, so they don't want to have anybody over because they're embarrassed.
1: When we have guests, we clean the house.
0: I know. Well, that forces you to do it, right? <laughs> well, hopefully it does, right?
1: <laughs> Is your closet a window into your mental health? What does that one mean?
0: Well, I'm not sure what that means. I think it means that, you know, if you can't get your act together, is that saying something about your own mental health, Hmm. like trying to get things together? What about...
1: Well, wait, I've got one for you. Okay. When I walk by you working on your computers, because you have two of them side by (laughs) side, the desktop is massively overwhelmed with files and pictures and documents. I don't know how you keep track.
0: I know. It's all the stuff I'm currently working on. Isn't that crazy? Yes. I don't file it unless I'm done with the project. So it is, I, I really have to work on that because the problem is I can't always find things when I need them. And even when I use the, the finder feature, sometimes I don't know where things are. So it is a little bit overwhelming. That will be my task to work on. So I admit that I do have an issue with that one. You know, so during this show, we really want you to think about how does clutter impact your mental health?
1: Right. And if home is to be the place where you relax and rest, then a whole lot of clutter is going to make that difficult.
0: You know, one study found, Norm, that women who reported more clutter in their homes had higher levels of the stress hormone cortisol through the day compared to women who had less clutter. And higher cortisol is not a good thing for your your physical health. You don't want that to be high. You want that to be uh, lower because you don't want to be in a constant state of stress.
1: And in addition to stress, I would think that clutter also makes it very difficult to focus.
0: It does. It can actually be distracting. Our brain can only focus on a limited amount of stimuli at a time. So if you're surrounded by clutter when you're trying to work from home, for example, the clutter can actually make it harder for you to think clearly and focus.
1: Hmm. That's kind of like during the pandemic, most of us worked from home, right? So mm-hmm. some people found that working at home was less stressful, others more stressful. Now I see a potential reason why it might have something to do with all the clutter in our homes.
0: Yeah. So depending on the atmosphere that you were in during the pandemic, it could be a great place to work or maybe a very distracting place to work, right? I wonder if anybody's actually looked into that. That would make a good research study. <laughs> anyway, it's a point to consider. So here's another problem. Procrastination. Mm. Research shows that people with cluttered homes tend to procrastinate on important tasks. For example, you might have to dig through the stacks of paper to pay the bills, or you maybe you have so many piles of dirty clothes that it feels overwhelming to even start the laundry.
1: That makes sense. If you procrastinate cleaning up, that most likely is how you handle a lot of other details in your life, I'm guessing, about clutter. We've often heard that said, let's do it now, get it over with now, don't put it off. My I mom say, used to say that all the time. I say that all the you time. Do.
0: I tell the kids that constantly, let's do it now and get it done. And then we don't have to think about it. And then clutter also impacts our relationships. So partners or roommates often argue over whether one person's things are taking up too much space. Believe me, this is a therapy (laughs) issue. It really is. And it adds tension to a relationship. So if your clutter is an annoyance to the person you're living with, well, you need to think about that. And if you're not inviting friends over because your home is cluttered, you might feel a sense of social isolation or even shame. And that happens more than you probably think.
1: Okay, so we understand the negative effects, but why do we have so much trouble dealing with clutter?
0: Well, I think there's a lot of reasons here. You know, things have sentimental meaning, which we talked about, so you're reluctant to get rid of them. Sometimes holding on means not letting go. Maybe that's not closing a chapter in your life, maybe from the death of somebody. We talked about perfectionism. Maybe wishful thinking. Um, I just don't want to lose this item because maybe in the future I'll use it. We held onto a guitar forever because Thank we you. thought we would really get good and play it one day. <laughs> and in this final move, we finally got finally rid of that said guitar. Bye-bye. Yeah. <laughs> maybe you're just disorganized. Maybe you have ADHD or you have someone in your, your home with dementia and it's hard to organize. Can't make decisions because you're really afraid that you might make the wrong one. Or it just could be valuable. So here's this. So I've had this thought when we were moving. You know, maybe we've I've watched that show, Storage Wars, and I saw how many people threw away valuable items mm-hmm. and didn't even know it. So you don't want to be that one person that, oh, my gosh, I got rid of that painting. It was worth $30,000. So people hold on to stuff because they don't really know. Your
1: mom gave us her entire Hummel collection before right. she died. I organized the whole thing, took it to an auctioneer, and we made some pretty good money yeah,
0: off of it. Yeah, but we did we did research we, yes. it. So we did talk to people, look at that. So one other final reason could be you're just overwhelmed and you just can't deal with things at this time.
1: But we live in a culture that tells us that more is better.
0: Well, we see something, we want it, we like it, we buy it. We love finding great deals. So we store everything in our already crowded basements or attics until we can find a place for it. We just have emotional attachment to things, and we don't want to get rid of them. But too much stuff creates clutter. Sure it does.
1: But let's take a break here, because after the break, I want to ask you about hoarding. How does that relate to clutter? And also, how can we declutter our spiritual life? Much more to come on The Dr. Linda Mental Show. Stay with us.
0: Hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mintel of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show, and I'm Dr. James Cribbs, and we co-authored a book, Living Beyond Pain. If you're one of the 100 million people suffering from chronic pain, this is a book for you. Living Beyond Pain in stores now. Are your priorities all out of line? Are you running through the kitchen because the sight of dishes in the sink is more than you can bear? Or avoiding the laundry room for fear a pile of dirty jeans will jump up and grab you? Are extra hours spent at work or outside commitments taking a toll on your home and family? Hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mintel, the Relationship Doctor. And if this sounds anything like your house, you may have a priority problem. Getting your priorities in line might feel like trying to rein in a bucking bronco, but it can be done. Here are a few keys. Take small steps. Don't try to attack laundry and housekeeping all at once. Spread the work out and enlist the help of family members. And don't put things off. Piling another dish and a cup in the sink won't help. Instead, try and stay ahead by handling cleaning up more regularly. Look, we all have occasions when we have to hurry off and leave a job or two undone. But if this is your habit, you may need a priority adjustment. And you can do it one step at a time.
1: This is The Dr. Linda Mental Show, and please let me remind you to check out her books and blogs. Just go to her website, drlindamental.com, and follow her on social media. There are so many great blogs on her website, drlindamental.com. And you can check out her book that relates to our topic today, Cluttering, Breaking Free from Stress you'll find practical help in that book. And you can find it on Amazon or drlindamental.com And don't forget to listen to our podcast anytime on iTunes or any other platform. So, Linda, before the break, I mentioned hoarding. Is that the same as having too much clutter?
0: It's not. It's actually a psychiatric disorder that people do have, and it's classified under a category called obsessive compulsive uh, and related disorders. Hmm. It's very distressing. It usually interferes with a person's functioning, including, norm, maintaining a safe environment. Because when you have a lot of stuff all over the place, you can easily trip and well, that's
1: fall. True. Especially older folks living yeah. alone. Yeah.
0: yeah. Someone who hoards usually shows some of the following signs. They have this cramped and cluttered living spaces. You know, entire rooms or sections of the house can be piled up with stuff that they don't even use. Their homes may not be functional, like we mentioned, because things are in the way, so they can't even make a path maybe to the kitchen without bumping into something and they typically don't see problems with their clutter Um, they can accumulate items no matter where they're living even if they're staying in someone else's house so if you have a hoarder in the family and they come visit look out they have difficulty throwing things away and they often become upset at the idea of throwing things away so sometimes we call those pack rats Mm -hmm. but if it's a clinically you know diagnosable condition it's more than that And there's a buildup, as a result of that, there can be a buildup of food or trash, and that's that unsanitary conditions that they could be living in.
1: I can think of two people I know for sure were hoarders, one famous, one unknown to everybody, but my family,
0: okay.
1: a rather famous hoarder was the successful magazine and illustrator who became the leading artist of pop culture in the 60s. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah. Andy Warhol. Yeah, yeah. Reports are that he bought things in New York every day and could not give anything away. So when he died, they found boxes and boxes of stuff in his residence. And personally, I remember how creepy it was to go down into my grandmother's basement. Of course, Kids always think basements yeah, are great right? Yeah, basements are scary, yeah. Uh, but in this case, hers was a maze of boxes and thousands of newspapers stacked up that she'd never thrown out.
0: Well, that's <laughs> a commonly hoarded item. Newspapers are hmm. one of the items, clothing, magazines, books, collectibles. And you know what? There's a great deal of anxiety with this behavior. So treatment often includes some type of medication and therapy with family support and behavioral steps like... Hiring a professional organizer Mm. to help with the problem.
1: Mm -hmm. So even if we're not hoarders, but we're struggling with clutter, is there an answer to all of this being overwhelmed?
0: Yeah, you really want to focus on areas that really frustrate you, like maybe an overwhelming closet rather than, you know, waiting for an ideal time to deal with all the mess that you have in your house. We'll do it in the spring. Right. that's right. just It's just too much. So just a small area, f- a few minutes a day on one small area. I actually do this occasionally with my closet because it's just things are starting to fall out of the shelves. And I just start, I take a few minutes and clean that up.
1: Hmm. Here are two more suggestions we found from a website called Life Storage Blog. Hmm. One, do a walk through your entire house. And this is cool. With a box in your hand and place any item that is out of place, put it in the box. Put items back where they belong as you continue through the room. So you put something in, you move it to where it should be, or you just leave it there.
0: That's what the tiny house guy was trying to do with the kids. Yeah, he had this bin, and he was trying to say, put it in the bin to give it away.
1: Here's yeah. one. Create a donate box. We create donate bags.
0: Mm-hmm, we do.
1: Scan your home for items you'd be willing to give to charity. The key here is not to replace these items with new ones. Right. Yeah. Because the whole idea is to get rid of the clutter, not trade for newer stuff. Yeah,
0: that's exactly right. And if you're a perfectionist, you know, you can become paralyzed by that clutter. So rather than uh, approaching clutter a little at a time, a perfectionist tends to just avoid it altogether Mm. and do absolutely nothing. So you really have to focus on doing some small thing as a way to begin the process.
1: What about people like you who have a to-do list? Does that help?
0: I think it does. Um, I think partly, for for some people it doesn't work at all, but for a lot of people it does because you start with a task that's doable in the moment, and then you set some realistic goals for yourself every day. You look at your list and you go, what can I get done? The good thing about a to-do list is when you get something done, there's something very satisfying about crossing it off or checking it off the list.
1: Massively. I yeah. love this. Like, boom, accomplishment.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so that really does help some people. Other people, they don't look at their list, so then it doesn't help.
1: Okay. I promised at the break that we wanted to talk about spiritual decluttering. How do we go about that?
0: Well, if you think about what spiritual clutter could be, it's really anything that comes between you And your relationship with the Lord.
1: I like that. It focuses on our relationship with Jesus. That makes sense. It's interesting. You remember in Luke 9 and 10 when he sent out the 12 to begin their ministry? He told them basically, don't take anything with you. Get rid of all your extra coats and your shoes and all that kind of stuff. Talk about decluttering. He was teaching them to move in his power. And not to be distracted by things that we all have now, and he knew. They needed to learn to trust the one, him, who would be their provision.
0: And it was such a powerful scene in The Chosen Mm -hmm. when he told them not to even take a second pair of clothes, and they all kind of looked at each other like, what?
1: They were all flabbergasted, (laughs) like, wait, what are you, first of all, you're sending us out to do what, and then how?
0: Yeah, and I mean, it was very telling, because just what you said, it was a challenging message, but one of complete surrender and trust, like you said, Norm, and allowing Christ to be their all. I, I think we could all learn from that example.
1: I think so. I I don't know if it's 2,000 years of stuff that has cluttered our thinking about how we do Christianity, but it's simple. The gospel is simple. Yeah, it is. Read the Sermon on the Mount and the Sermon on the Plain, and it's simple, simple, simple. Difficult, almost impossible, but there's no clutter in it. In our times, there are many things that we need to consider to declutter and surrender. Let's talk about a few.
0: So some of them are the negative thoughts, that we're listening to thoughts in our mind that are not coming from God, that are are bothering us and making us anxious and worried because we're not trusting God. So the solution to that is to continue to renew your mind with the mind of Christ and put on a positive attitude Another one would be just letting go of resentment and bitterness. That really clogs up. I always tell the patients it clogs up the drain. Mm. You know, it it stops you from releasing what would be um, a much more joy and a happier life. So
1: forgive others. Right. And you've often said that when we don't forgive, we're the ones who are in bondage. We're the ones tied up. We're the ones clogged up in the middle of clutter.
0: Yeah. So that's a spiritual clutter. I think selfish motives, pride. And the better thing would be to practice loving your neighbor and doing and serving. Um, Sometimes manipulative uh, tendencies that we have. If you look at your inner world and the conflicts that are going on and you contrast that with your outer world. And then, you know, being able to just get rid of the things that the Bible says get rid of. And there Mm. are lists in the Mm. Bible with that.
1: Mm -hmm. And that makes me think of Ephesians 4 says, put away, declutter from yourself all bitterness and wrath, and anger, and wrangling, and slander, together, all of those, with all malice, and be kind. Instead, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ has forgiven you. And to help us do this type of spiritual decluttering, here's one more verse, Linda. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Find all the clutter in me. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts."
0: Yeah, and in that process, ask the Holy Spirit to point out anything that offends or needs your attention in your life. Just be open and look for those things that block your relationship with Christ.
1: Psalm 139 says, Create in me a clean heart, O God. I can't help but thinking how we're talking about cleaning up our personal spaces. We really should think about cleaning up our heart.
0: Which means we need time alone with God to pray, to listen, to find a place every day to spend time with Him.
1: I think it also means saying no to things that keep us from God's purpose and calling in our lives. We get so busy with so many things. Time with God is often the thing we sacrifice, yet spiritual decluttering is essential.
0: So we're asking, what is your spiritual messy closet? We are called to live a life devoted to Christ. What gets in your way? What do you need to sort out and clean up? How can you free up space for God and allow His Spirit to lead you, reorient, and guide you? Then you can rest in His presence, and anxiety will fade. Well, that's all the time we have today. Many thanks to our producer and my co-host, Norm Mintel, who makes the show a conversation, and our technical producer, Katie Sims. From all of us here at Faith Radio, hey, we'll talk to you again next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we're doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone. Doing life together.